0: Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm Andrew Farhat. I got a special guest today. He's joined us before and he's back again. PJ Arswald. welcome. Awesome, thanks for having me. PJ is our campus pastor at our Highlands campus that we call Renewal Church, and he's off to an excellent start there. And I thought this question would be up your alley, PJ. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm all about, you know, do whatever you want so no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> no i think this is a really important topic and i I've, I've had a lot of conversations with people about this and so i think people will be intrigued to, to deal with this because i think it's something that we all kind of face today
0: yeah definitely so the question is this pj since truth is relative can't i just live out the golden rule and i would say you know this is a common question that i think i've gotten a lot in the last 20 years of a lot of friends coworkers that Are comfortable with what they define as a good life uh, but not wanting to dive in to Christianity or any religion for that matter so in other words I think that there's the thought here that if I'm just a good person and I don't harm anybody then I'm good and so PJ can you kind of start us off with a little bit of introduction because this actually is a very postmodern new thought when it comes to humanity like humans haven't always thought this way
1: yeah that's a really good point and that's where you know sometimes we don't realize the water we're swimming in because we're so used to it that it's helpful to take kind of a big picture look at the broad strokes of history and this is going to be again broad strokes so anyone who out there who loves philosophy i'm sure that there's more nuance than this but generally for most of human history um, it was described as what's called pre-modern and so in a pre-modern context in a pre-modern society. um, Everything is kind of God-centric or God's centric if you're kind of a polytheist. So this is, you look back at the Greeks and you have all these gods who are controlling things and humans kind of found their place in relation to them. Um, Same with the Muses. You think of Christianity obviously and Judaism, you know, God the Father centric and then Jesus when he came along. Um, That's first and foremost and we are in relation to that. And then at the turn of, you get out of the Dark Ages uh, the Middle Ages, and you get into um, the Enlightenment, and you have the birth of what's considered modern or moderni- uh, modernity. Um, to a modern society, which was this turn from God-centric uh, to human-centric. And so mm. the famous one is Descartes, who said, I think, therefore I am. And so in Descartes' mind, he was still a Christian, but he reframed it. So instead of starting with God and finding himself in relation, he wanted to prove that God existed starting with the self. And so, his famous thought experiment starts off, you know, determining that he exists and therefore, um, the things around him exist. And he kind of built it up starting with the human. And so there's this big turn, where now all of a sudden, everyone thinks in terms of self first. That we kind of know the world starting with ourselves. Now, in this period, there was still a belief in objective truth. That there is a greater truth. But the idea is that if we just think rationally, we can kind of come to that objective truth starting with ourselves. And so that's when you have this big industrial revolution, you have all these advancements in technology and medicine and transportation, just kind of everything. But you kind of see in the 20th century, um, a bit of a disillusionment with this. People realized, uh, partially due to the catastrophes of World War II and some other things, that things weren't progressing like they thought. Everyone thought if we just kind of think rationally, work together, everything will be perfect. And so people started to place an emphasis on subjectivity, that we all are viewing things through a lens, and so questioning whether objective truth even exists, whether we can achieve it, whether we can reach it. And so that's what typically is called postmodernism, where now truth is something that I experience. And you'll sometimes hear people say, my truth, your truth. Um, It's kind of an acknowledgement of our different lenses, our different experiences, and our different grasps, grasps on the reality around us.
0: Okay, it's very good. So just like a quick summary, I think, of what you said is pre-modern, it was very God-centric. So there was the thought that truth comes from God. Yep. Modern, was very man-centric. But with that said, they still believed in truth. And maybe their question was, okay, how does the truth apply to me? Um, But then post-modern sounds like it's more, um, there there are many truths. And that's a big shift in terms of what we have been used to, accustomed to in human history, is now it's your truth, my truth, their truth, and it's all truth, and it's all fine, as long as it doesn't harm anybody.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. There's kind of an acknowledgement that none of us can get to this beautiful, undefiled, objective truth without looking through a lens. And so there's almost, if not an abandonment, at least an acknowledgement, or postmodern thinking typically says we can't reach objective truth and so it does lie in the subject that Mm -hmm. my truth my experience is kind of now the focus the center of my life
0: and you know I'm I'm always struck by what C.S. Lewis called chronological snobbery is that we tend to think that the way we see things is obviously superior so pre-modern modern those people are idiots. Yeah, We're postmodern, and so we're better and we're more advanced. However, I, I do think that, that there's some faultiness to that view because I don't, I don't know if I'm proud or arrogant enough to think <laughs> that, oh, yeah, our generation has it all figured out. Yeah, right? we're enlightened now. We've got it. Right. To... Like Generation Z is so perfect, right? Yeah. Like millennials, we've got it all figured out. Um, I don't know. But so it's always good. Uh, thank you for bringing in the historical because... I think that's always educational to see, how have other human beings thought about these things? But but let's tackle the question. So now the question says, since truth is relative, can't I just live out the golden rule? And let's just define the golden rule. The golden rule comes from Jesus Mm -hmm. who said, do to others as you would like done to yourself. So what he's basically saying is love others as you would prefer to be loved. Um, So that's the golden rule. Now, but it starts with since truth is relative, so in other words, since there there are a lot of ways to get to God, let's just focus on love. Mm -hmm. But I think, PJ, don't you think that there's some assumptions then behind relativism? Relativism meaning that there's more than one way to get to God or more than one way that's right. And I think the first assumption that I see from my friends that would say this to me would be, following Christianity doesn't necessarily mean one will follow the golden rule. So in other words, because they've seen hypocrites, because they've seen hate from Christians, because they've seen self-righteousness from Christians, what they're saying
1: is that's not necessarily the ticket to be
0: loving. And what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I think it's something to acknowledge that Christians have not always lived out the Christian ideals. Um, mm-hmm. We as Christians believe we are simultaneously sinners and saints and within the Christian church there have been, like you said, flat out hypocrites who have gone against God's will, who have mistreated and done some really wrong things, sometimes even in the name of Jesus, and which mm-hmm. is a great tragedy. And so I always want to be sensitive to that, that there's some real hurt that has been experienced by people. And so... That is a part of reality. Um, At the same time, uh, there's an idea within the Christian church that the wrong use of something does not mean that the whole thing is wrong. And Mm. so sometimes Christian living has gone awry. People haven't lived what they're supposed to. And that doesn't discount the Christian message, um, the Christian truth, and how God would have us to live, um, just because people haven't always lived up to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that two episodes ago, Daisy and I really hit this hard for like, 20 or 30 minutes, but it's like, all right, again, our faith is not in Christians. Mm. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. If my faith was in Christians, that means, man, Christians have to be perfect. Yeah. And Christians aren't my savior.
1: Definitely not.
0: Christians have sin. They're not sinless. They're Mm -hmm. not expected to be be perfect. Uh, Now, with that said, um, like you said, I really appreciate what you said, because I think it's, I think we we do that a lot with a lot of things in life. So if people misuse baptism, well then the baptism must be wrong.
1: Yeah.
0: Or if someone's wearing, uh, Martin Luther had this analogy in the large catechism when he's talking about baptism, he said if there was a, um, a prostitute that's wearing some really beautiful jewelry um, just because she's not living a moral life doesn't negate that the jewelry is still mm. valuable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that was his argument. Uh, good old Martin Luther with his analogies. (laughs) That sounds Uh, like him, yeah. Right? Uh, But so I think what you said is just because people misuse something doesn't negate the whole. I really like that. And I guess too, PJ, I would say this. In your experience, and I think Daisy and I hit on this like a couple weeks ago, is have you seen followers of Christ that do live it and are loving though?
1: Oh, definitely. And I think that's (laughs) where sometimes, you know, in our tradition, we emphasize... Uh, typically the Lutheran liturgy that a lot of churches use has a time of confession and it always starts off, I, a poor, miserable sinner. And that there's truth there because we all fall short of God's will. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes we emphasize how depraved, how sinful we are that we don't acknowledge that we are a new creation and that God is doing amazing things through his church. And history can attest to incredible acts of love and service by individual Christians, by the church as a whole. And in my life, I mean, some of the most profoundly Christ-like people are followers of Christ who are in His Word, who are being fed, who have been redeemed by Him. And so I definitely think that and we can't be so quick to dismiss the fact that God is doing a lot of great things through His church, through His Christians.
0: Absolutely. So, and then also, like you said, when we confess our sins every week, that is actually a big defining moment for what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. We, our faith is not, I am righteous, but rather it is, I fall short of the glory of God and I need Jesus in my life. So the mark of Christianity, one of the big ones, is humility. Mm -hmm. That we are called to admit that we are sinful and that we need Jesus Christ to come in and give us His grace. And so I think that I think people need to hear that more, that that is what Christianity is about. Definitely. So I think maybe our platform has been, hey, you guys got to just believe all the right things like we do. Yeah, look how but, great we are. Yeah. But I think our platform should be, we believe we're sinners and we need Jesus. So, um, you know, and then there's another assumption, uh, PJ, that I think comes with this question, since truth is relative, uh, can't I just live out the golden rule? And I think there is a assumption that living out the golden rule can earn my salvation. And salvation is being saved. The word salvation means to be saved, in this case, from sin and eternal death. The assumption here is that just being loving is going to get you there with God and get you in a right relationship with Him. And I'm just wondering, like, uh, what do you think of that?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is something that is constantly, this pushes back against what we want things to look like because typically in popular discourse we think of people who do good things deserve a reward so if you love people you should get to go to heaven if you hurt people if you're bad you go to hell and we want it to be just very black and white like the people i think of as good they get the reward the people i think as bad they don't i know a lot of shows tackle this uh it's just something that we we're kind of baked in because we it makes sense the people that we read about in books that have done amazing things, those are the, the good people. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, we do want to acknowledge that they've done a lot of good in this world. And so there is a true horizontal relationship between humankind, one another, creation, The people can do a lot of great things. But at the same time, one of the startling, um, bold, almost offensive realities of the Christian faith is, like you said, is that none of us are good enough to receive salvation. None of us are anywhere close to what God intended us to be. He wanted his creatures to live a certain way. He wanted them to be in a relationship with him. And humanity is so fallen that in our natural state, our fallen natural state, none of us can be part of God's people. None of us can live that way. And truthfully, without God, none of us even want to be. We we want to turn inward. We want to be selfish and self-centered. And so no Mm -hmm. matter how much good we might do in this world, all of us fall short of what God has expected of us. And so the radical message of Christianity is none of you, are, none of you have, can save yourself, and yet God has come in to save his people mm-hmm. out of sheer love. And so um, that's where, you know, think of salvation, is it important to be good to one another and treat other people like you want to be treated? Of course. But that's not, there's more to it than that. And no matter how good you do, you're never going to live up to how God wants this world to function. And so you need Jesus. You need him to come in and just claim you as his own.
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely okay so I think there's two things I wanted to just extract from what you said and I think the first one is horizontally in our horizontal relationships relationships with other people um, we can acknowledge that the person that wants to live out the golden rule wants a good thing yes so in civil society it would look much better if people were all loving accepting gracious gentle forgiving my gosh, would what, be would so ha- nice. what would happen to crime? What would happen to the legal system? What would happen to our friendships? I mean, it'd be a better totally world. Different, yeah. So I think like, the, like if you're listening and you're a Christian and you're wondering, you know, like, how do I talk to someone like this? I think the first thing I would say is acknowledge that they are on a good track in life. Yeah. Like we have something in common with the person that wants to live out Jesus's golden rule. Like, let's just start right there. Yeah, Um, and you know and here's just like a little side note when we see those bumper stickers with all the different religious symbols and it says coexist those people actually want a good thing in society Mm -hmm. they want us to not harm each other and have freedom of religion that's what I see being stated there so from a civil society like that's good that is the beauty of America there's freedom of religion and we can choose but here's the second thing I want to point out regarding what you said, and it is this. No one is righteous before a holy God vertically. And, and here is where we need to nail it, because this, I, this, I think if we nail this, then um, the, the other side is really going to have to consider what we're saying. And what we're saying is this. We, we want you to be more than good in comparison to your neighbor we want you to be righteous before a holy God for all eternity. And the truth, or, and I'm gonna start with this. What Jesus is saying is that we are sinners, that we're separated from a holy God due to our sin, and that we need to be reconciled with him. And that comes when we repent and believe in the gospel. All right, and so we covered this about three or four episodes ago where we talked about how we all have a God complex. People think they're good, but it's like, we want you to go deeper. Go deeper into your heart. Go deeper into your motives. And what you're gonna find is, man, there's a lot of God substitutes that you put before God on a daily basis. There's a lot of loves um, that you put before God on a daily basis. There's a lot of opportunities you have to love others every day that you don't take because you're too selfish. Or you're too busy or you don't want to feel bad about yourself like there's i i hear about people every day that are kind of living the most comfortable life for them but they're not living the most sacrificial life for the people around them okay and that's something we all have to look in the mirror with we're all trying to live a really uh comfortable life and we think we're good yeah, but God's saying, "Man, I'm call- You're not even living out the golden rule to love me and love other people." Yeah. What are you doing for the homeless person that you drive by every day? Uh, what are you know? Is is the ant- Now I know that's a can of worms. That's a hard one, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, are we going to just do nothing? Is yeah. that the answer? Do we just all move far away from homeless people? Is that the answer? What we should do? Um, hmm. And now, with that said, I think let me just make make this clear. There's safety things we have to take into account there. There's a lot there, so I'm not saying that that's yeah. easy. But I will say we gotta, we got to f- put our heads together as Christians and say, how do we love the least of these? Yeah, you can't um, ignore it just because it's hard. Yeah, that's my, that's my only point. Yeah, This has been a great conversation today, PJ, and so we're going to have to do like a part two for next week. And so if you've been listening, we're grateful. Uh, for your, for you tuning in, You'd, we'd love it if you shared this with anyone you think that could be blessed by this content, this information. And if you have any questions that you would like us to answer, please submit those to hello at sjdenver.org.